What's up? Today we are going to drill deep, deep, deep into how to improve your results from job boards. And we're going to start this off by talking about some common misconceptions. We'll call those the lies and some actual truths, the actual things that people are overlooking and don't understand about job boards. This is our two truths and a lie or how about a whole bunch of truths and lies dispelled when it comes to job boards, both with how to understand how they work and the five things you can do to dramatically improve your results. Well, we're still in the throes of a massive talent shortage. And to be honest, it's not getting better. In fact, all the news says that a high majority of, of all employees are thinking about quitting their jobs or finding a new job as the economy opens back up, as, as you know, things shift and change, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact of the matter is for, for most companies that I run into, their approach to job boards is actually harming them. It's actually doing more harm than good. There are actually plenty of people out there on the job boards. You just aren't seeing them. Let me tell you a little story. I was, I was on the phone with one of our clients um, this week and they're a, a big kind of retail organization, but also a nonprofit. And, and one of the things they're doing, like everybody else, is struggling to get enough applicants for their main jobs. Um, and specifically, when they look at where their applicants were coming from or predominantly come from, it's the big job boards like Indeed and ZipRecruiter, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the ways they reacted to a lack of applicants from those core sources is they massively increased their job board game. They, or at least they thought that's what they were doing. They increased their spend on sponsored ads. They started pushing their jobs out to even more job boards. In fact, during a three month period, because we helped them post their jobs, we helped them post 400 jobs to 2000 different places. That means every one of those jobs got posted to over 30 different job boards, not just your normal job boards like Indeed or ZipRecruiter, but also college job boards, workforce services, community sites, newspapers, etc. The real uh, kind of dirty secret or fact or discouraging fact was that all those extra job boards didn't move the needle at all. And in talking to them about job boards, especially the most popular ones, they said, I guess the applicants we target just aren't there. It was one of the most surprising statements I'd ever heard. I used to hear this back you know, 10, 15 years ago when I would hear, oh, well, our kind of applicants don't have email addresses or our kind of applicants aren't online. That's why we use the newspapers. But the premise of their argument was that because they don't get enough applicants from say Indeed or ZipRecruiter, it must mean that those types of applicants simply aren't on those job boards looking for work. And then when they distribute those just same jobs everywhere else, they don't find them there either, which would lead them to believe those people just simply don't exist. I don't think it actually ever crossed their mind that maybe there were hundreds of people who were qualified on those job boards that they just weren't engaging. And, and they pretty much have lost hope other than spending more money to sponsor the ads or paying more money. And even that didn't seem to be moving the needle. Look, the fact is no matter how many applicants you're getting right now, there are always more of them out there on the job boards to get in front of. Most companies think, well, yeah, maybe there's a few extra people out there, but my data from working with indeed and studying, um, 
over a half a billion job seekers as they went down the funnel from searching for a job to seeing job ads to reading job ads to applying was that for every one applicant the average employer gets in their inbox there are 99 more applicants who were interested in the job enough to search for a title and location where that job actually showed up in the results but never actually made it into their inbox 99 for every one person and keep in mind you don't need all 99 of those you just need one more highly qualified candidate for each of your jobs and you will fill those positions now if this is true then it begs the question of why hr can't seem to solve the problem or why a business owner can't solve the problem and it really comes down to four main we'll call these misconceptions number one they don't know what they're missing out on because we only as employers see the number of applicants who land in our inbox we don't actually see how many people started applying but didn't finish looked at your ad but didn't actually start applying or searched for and saw your job title but didn't click on it you don't actually see how many people are above the application process or coming before it number two most employers don't know that they can impact the likelihood of those people actually applying for a job number three even if they knew they could impact it they don't know what to do about it and finally number four they tend to just do things that have worked in the past and miss out on opportunities of trying something new both because they haven't done it before and because most of their competitors aren't doing anything different either they're all doing the same thing so today I wanted to give you my five core focuses for job board recruiting success or job board sourcing success and kind of lay it out as a, a, a questionnaire, a list of questions you can ask yourself that will lead you to the right answers and the right action you can take to solve the problem. So here goes. Number one, distributability. Are your jobs out there where people can find them? Now, this is usually the easiest question for people to ask. Are our jobs on the job boards? Go out and search. And so there's four main questions under this area. Number one, are your jobs on the most powerful job boards? By that, I mean Indeed, ZipRecruiter, Facebook and LinkedIn's new job boards, Monster, CareerBuilder, right? The job boards that make up over 95% of all job board traffic, Google for jobs, those core, big, powerful job boards. Are your jobs on all of those job boards, right? Number two, don't forget the industry specific ones. There are maybe not quite as powerful job boards as Indeed and ZipRecruiter, but when you drill into an industry, Dice and Snag a Job, the industry specific power job boards, are your jobs there, whether it's free or paid? Next up, once you get these core ones, are we then wasting time adding more obscure, less traffic job boards? And, and therefore kind of feeding the misconception that that activity of posting to more and more places beyond the big ones is somehow going to help us when it doesn't. So those are the core questions under distributability. Does, is your system, your applicant tracking system, your career site, whatever the case may be, set up in a way to push your jobs out to number one, big powerful job boards, number two, powerful industry specific job boards, and number three, that it does check the box on all valid job boards, but doesn't end up wasting time and effort on job boards that honestly generate no results. In the case of the client I was looking at, 
we posted their job on 2,000 individual job postings to obscure job boards of 400 different jobs, and the net result of that was less than 10 applicants across all of those jobs, right? So that's number one, distributability. Number two is visibility. Just because your job is on a job board and when you search for your own company name, you find it, that doesn't mean that it specifically is showing up in searches that qualified candidates would be running. So this comes down to three main questions you need to ask yourself. Number one, are you targeting the words or phrases that potential job seekers that you want to get in front of are searching for? This requires you to step outside of the industry norms and your internal lingo and that type of stuff and really ask yourself, what kind of searches are being performed by people that we would want to get in front of? Number two, once you know what kind of things they're searching for, do those words or phrases make up at least one to 2% of our ad text? If you have a 500 word ad, one to 2% means that word or phrase needs to be listed five to 10 times, not just once. And number three, are you spending money to then inflate or increase your rankings on those searches by sponsoring your job on a job board, say like Indeed or ZipRecruiter or, or Facebook or wherever? Once you have nailed down that you have the right words and phrases to target and that you're using them enough times, that's when it makes sense to amplify your results by spending additional money to move up the list for those specific words. In the instance of the client that I was looking at, a lot of their jobs were targeting the wrong, the wrong words. For instance, they had a job that they were calling, I think it was a, a Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember even the word. It was like a merchandising pricing associate. And when you talk to them, it's really a warehouse job. But they tried to make the job sound cooler than it was by using these, this new lingo. But the problem with that was that actually made the job not show up on core searches where, where potential high quality job seekers were actually at. Number three is clickability. Does your listing when it shows up in the list of results when somebody runs a search, make people want to click to read more. And this really, once again, comes down to just a handful of core questions to ask yourself. Number one, does your job title make sense to prospective job seekers that you want to target? This one might seem like a no brainer, but the fact of the matter is, especially if you're trying to target job seekers who are coming from a different industry, a different, uh, type of job and pull them into your job, you better make sure that the job title makes sense to them so they want to click on it. Next up is, do you have good reviews? If you don't have good reviews and a good quantity of reviews, then you might not be viewed as a viable thing for people to click to go read more. This is just how we have trained ourselves in the world of Amazon and eBay. And the final one, do you have flair? What that means is if you go look at most of your job boards these days, especially Indeed and ZipRecruiter, you have what I call flair. They're little tags that shows up on the job that are designed to give the job seeker more knowledge about the employer and the job and how most of it has to do with how good the employer is or how easy it is to apply. So easy apply tags or responsive employer tags or urgently hiring tags, any of those little things that show up are designed to increase the chances that a job seeker who sees your ad in the results clicks and goes to read the ad. Number four is what I call engageability, right? 
does your ad actually engage the reader and make them excited about the opportunity? Now, where I've spent a ton of time talking about how important job ads are and pretty much job ads will come up every single time no matter what source we're talking about because at the end of the day, the most powerful thing, the most important change an employer can make is to change their ad away from an old bullet infested job description and over into a targeted, specific, engaging ad, which really at the high level comes down to four main questions. Number one, does your ad talk about how this job will be an upgrade from whatever job or experience your target job seeker has right now? Does your ad make it sound like this is an upgrade opportunity where their life will be improved, where their career opportunities will be improved, where their pay will be improved? Number two, did you focus on your differences from your competitors instead of focusing on how you're the same? This really comes down to the fact that the entire design and approach to, to posting jobs and writing ads of the most of the corporate world in America is focused on copying each other and therefore creating a commodity marketplace. And the most powerful thing you can do as an employer is to instead do the opposite and focus on what makes you different not the same as everybody else. Number three, does it answer their questions? What kind of questions might come up in their mind, right? What shift, what schedule, what days of the week, how many hours, what's the pay? Like, what's it like to work there? What type of software will I need to know? Does it answer any questions a job seeker might have in their mind, right? That would stop them from taking the next step. And then finally, are you transparent by listing specifics. This just takes that question to the next level. Instead of saying PTO, do you tell them how many days off? Do you tell them what it takes to earn it? Do you tell them when it starts? If you're embarrassed of the specifics of your perks, your benefits, the job, then chances are they're gonna find out at some point anyway, and you might need to think about changing some of those structures in your organization. And finally, convertibility. Did you remove um, or did you do things to make people more likely to then convert from a reader to an applicant, right? That is what conversion is about. The difference between information and marketing is marketing calls you and drives you to take the next action. And that's really what convertibility is, is about. Does the ad, does the process, does the structure drive people to take the next action? And that comes down to, once again, a handful of questions. Number one, did you remove any overstated requirements or preferred requirements that would scare people away, right? Next up, does the last paragraph of the ad call people to act? I, I know this seems redundant because if you're on a job board, you see an apply button and it's the job of the job board to drive them to act. But I can tell you that last paragraph as somebody is reading your ad, and if you've written an engaging ad, people will actually read it the very last paragraph needs to tell them to take action. Next, did you tell people what to expect after they apply? One of the great ways to get people to actually apply is to make sure they have clarity or transparency into what comes next. What is the next step? When will they hear back? What will, what will happen in the process? Next up, are you allowing people to stay on the job boards and use their current profiles to apply? More and more job boards are requiring it. So this is becoming more and more the, the standard, but
But if you expect job seekers to leave the job board and come to your career site to apply, you're most likely missing out on a substantial number of applicants because you created more friction. And finally, does the initial expression of interest, the initial application process, take less than five minutes and leave out things like extensive work history, uh, requ requirement for references, asking for socials, asking them to sign off on a background check or any of those things. Do you leave that till later in the hiring process until you've actually engaged them as a human and potentially scheduled an interview? These are the five drivers of success in recruiting from job boards. Again, are your jobs being distributed to the biggest job boards to get the most traffic? Are you using words in the right way to ensure that you're being visible to people who are actually searching for keyword phrases that, that signify they're a good fit for the job? Number three, is it clickable? Does the listing when it shows up in the results make people want to click to read more? Number four, engageability. Is the actual ad and the content of the ad and the flow of the ad actually engaging and, and make it exciting to the reader? And then finally, convertibility. Do you have the right next steps in place that drive people to convert from being a reader of the ad to being an applicant for the job? Thanks so much for listening today. I hope that this information you understand the value that it actually provides, which really does come down to your belief that changing your ad, changing your approach, adjusting the words in the ad and the way that it's, the way that you work with those job boards will actually drive a result. I tend to find that running these five things will increase applicant flow from 50 to 300% without spending any additional money. But with the added kicker, that when you do spend money on those job boards, when you've done these five things, it will amplify the number of qualified candidates you get for each dollar spent. It actually amplifies the results you get from the same job board budget you were using for before. So thanks so much for listening today. Until next time, good luck hiring. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the 90 Days of Sourcing uh, podcast, mini series, whatever you want to call it. Super excited for you to be along this ride and along this journey with us. Um, as you are, are listening to this, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast um, and, and watch for new episodes coming out in your email or from the podcast system or, or however you consume our content. Um, I would love, love, love to hear any questions, comments, concerns, feedback you have about today's podcast or any episode to be honest, of any piece of content, whatever it is, or even to hear your specific challenges and pains, you're struggling with sourcing. So if you want to give me some feedback, shoot me an email to Ryan Kohler at applicantpro.com. That's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, Kohler, like the faucet, K-O-H-L-E-R, at applicantpro.com. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time, good luck hiring. Yeah.